2: Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the TFL Official Podcast. It's been a year now, and over that year, hundreds of thousands of you have tuned in to listen and to find out about your favorite cars and trucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. If you're one of our Patreons, double thank you. And if you want to listen to it as an audio podcast, feel free to tune in to wherever you get your favorite podcast, including Apple, Spotify, you know the rest. Hey guys, welcome to this electrifying episode of TFL Talk. Did you like
3: that, Tommy? I did like that. I thought that was very clever, Dad. Very (laughs) well done.
2: That wasn't clever. That was pretty cringy. Uh, And if you hear any kind of heavy breathing or uh, equipment being broken... You are getting old. I understand. No, it's because we've got our uh, wonderful Bernese Mountain Dog sitting next to you partaking in today's fun conversation about what is the best new electric car out there. And today we're going to be talking about four that we've recently driven. So if you guys are out there in the market,
3: and EV. What four are we talking about, Tommy? The newest and the greatest. So, Tesla Model Y, you gotta talk about the Model Y, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, the Volkswagen ID. Four and the Polestar 2. Yep, that's
2: right, Uh, and they all sort of kind of compete, uh, sort of kind of, but basically, I think they're the newest and the hottest and the most interesting, and we've driven all four of them. In fact, uh, as a company, we own the Model Y, uh, because, well, we wanted to have it as kind of the standard by which to judge the other cars. Yes? A- absolutely, yeah,
3: for sure. And it's kind of the standard, I think, still. Uh, it's, it's the most seasoned on the block in terms of the group. It's been around the longest. It's that we were talking about. It's been around me. a year about now. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's had uh, plenty of <laughs> miles on it. It's had uh, plenty of tests and reviews. Um, but why don't we start by talking about the Model Y? Okay,
2: Yeah. So let's start about that. Uh, You know, Tesla has been uh, in the uh, electric car. There's Blaze about to knock down our lighting. Uh, In the electric car world, the longest, right? It's been 11 years now since they first introduced the Roadster, or give or take. Uh, And let's face it, they are setting the bar. And I know people who love Teslas. I know people who hate Teslas. But the fact is, they are setting the bar and creating the paradigm for the electric car. So the Model Y... um, basically solved all the problems of the Model 3, which we also owned, right? So the Model 3 had not enough headroom, not enough stuff room. Uh, It was uh, a sedan versus a
3: crossover and the Model Y fixed all those issues. Well, it's kind of like someone took a Model 3 and then stuck it in an oven and it just kind of poofed out a little bit. So they are, More or less based on the same chassis, or the same architecture, maybe is a better word. They are more or less similar underneath in terms of their battery layout and their motor design. The interiors are very similar, but the Model Y just makes a lot more sense for Americans. Especially now, since everybody is buying crossover SUVs. And I think it's the right car at the right time, at a pretty decent price. And for the most part, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's also
2: taller than the Model 3, so it's got a little bit higher seating position. Uh, so let's talk about the specs, because those are where the bar is set. So we've got the performance. Uh, it's, give or take, uh, according to the EPA, around 300 uh, miles of range. Uh, it has, give or take, about, what, 450 horsepower. The 0-60 to 60 performance will do, and these numbers aren't posted, okay? The 0-60 number is posted, but the horsepower number, Tesla doesn't post. But people out there know what it is. Uh, so zero to 60 it's very quick it's uh, about 3.6 seconds we've tested ours we haven't been able to get it down to that number we've gotten it down to about 3.9 um it has what a 75 uh hour kilowatt hour battery um uh and it has you know just uh lots of cool tech including you know the the uh headline the marquee autopilot we didn't go for full self-driving because for it used to be eight i think it's ten thousand dollars now we felt like it was you know a lot of expense for a lot of software that you didn't need Uh, it also has a frunk which we'll get into later because one of these vehicles does not have a frunk which is weird it's all wheel drive um, and um, it's got tons of room in the back for you yourself and your stuff Uh, and uh, of course it's got you know the minimalist design interior with just one big uh, ipad like screen and two little buttons on the steering wheel that
3: operate everything else. So price-wise, the standard long-range model comes in at 49990 which is a lot of money, especially for uh, the base model. And then if you want the high-performance model, you go for the performance. That comes in at a starting of $60,990. i am just reading off the website. There are a choice of five different colors, a couple of different wheel options depending on which one you get. There's a tow hitch, which is uh, an, an option. I think it tows... 2,500 pounds, 3,000?
2: Yeah, we ordered it and then we wanted to get it right away, so we never got ours.
3: The cool thing about the Model Y, too, is it's available in three rows, so if you want a seat 7, the Model Y has an option for that. It's a $3,000 option. Apparently, the rear seats are supposed to be really tiny, but they do work in a pinch. Kind of like that uh,
2: Mitsubishi Outlander I was trying to get my butt into recently.
3: And then full self-driving, like you mentioned, is a $10,000 option that will do like the summon. It will do the automatic lane changes. It'll do the uh, traffic sign kind of recognition thing. Now, exterior-wise, I'm not sure it is all that pretty. Yeah, you think it looks like a fat catfish. Uh, Yeah, just the proportions don't quite work for me. I mean, I just picture the Model 3 that kind of went through a lot of Botox. That's the way I look at the Model Y. But part of that I imagine is because it needs to be aerodynamic. Uh, Even though it's an SUV, quote-unquote, it doesn't have a lot of ground clearance, you know, it's still pretty low to the ground for efficiency. Uh, But I do agree with you, I think the interior is really nice, super minimalist, which people either like or they hate, but it just feels really, really good when you're inside of it. Now, we have to talk about Tesla as a company because it does offer still
2: advantages that the others don't. Uh, And the biggest of those, I think, has to be the Tesla supercharger network. Uh, they've got it figured out, right? You pull up the supercharger, you plug it in, uh, it bills your credit card. It tells you where the superchargers are at, how many people are at them, what the charging rate on the superchargers is. Uh, it tells you how long it's gonna you know, take to fill up, which some of these cars don't do. And these are things that become critically important once you start living with an electric car. Uh, and they are things that like other EVs don't do. I think they just did uh, something else, which is cool. So uh, Tesla sometimes builds in features into the car uh, that they don't activate until a little bit later uh, and uh, they do and they have always done significant over-the-air updates the most significant one I can think of is when we had our Model 3 dual motor uh, it actually went from uh, 0 to 60 from 4.9 to 4.7 so they actually made it quicker uh, they also extended the range recently the the, the uh, updates to our Model Y have been pretty silly like just bug fixes kind of like the stuff you see on an iPhone or a, or a Laptop computer nothing significant, but in the past those upgrades over-the-air upgrades and updates have been uh, free complimentary and important uh, And cool uh, and adding functionality so you feel like you're getting um, things you didn't pay for and that gives you a, a good um, a, a good sense of uh, like this car is always changing a little bit And finally the last thing that it has is it's the only one that is actually store, stored, store <laughs> sold through its stores, right? There's no dealer network, it's all Tesla corporate.
3: You can go onto the website, order one right now and then pick it up in uh, I don't know, a couple weeks or whenever. A couple days if, or you could
2: hell, you could pick one probably order one now and pick
3: it up tomorrow if it's one that they have in stock. Exactly, yeah. Very very different model than the than the dealership and and whenever we've bought one it's it's great not having to deal with the typical dealer shenanigans of, what can I do to get you into this car this week? And then you don't have to go through the the insane paperwork. I mean, it seems to be really zippy, really well done. And if you have questions, you can ask some questions. But for the most part, you're in and, and out. And you will not pay over sticker. Yeah, there's no such thing as a markup on a Tesla, as far as we know. I've never seen one. But
2: there is such a thing as uh, Mr. Musk's uh, whim. And oftentimes he will at... A tweet, drop the price, include free supercharging, not include free supercharging. You know, he, he, he tends to move the bar around a lot. Uh, what we have found is if you're shopping for Tesla, those kinds of things tend to happen at
3: the end of the quarter when they're trying to hit their numbers. The other thing he does, too, is sometimes he just makes a model available or unavailable. So for a while there... Yes, that's right, the, the, the two-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah, he said, he came out and said there will be no two-wheel drive Model Y. And then for like a brief moment in time, there was, you could order one. And then it was like zip, gone right off the menu once again. And and the other thing they do, which
2: which we've taken advantage of, is they will come to your home or office and fix it. And ours
3: has been kind of problematic. The rear door stopped opening up three times. I'm not sure that the quality is there. Uh, yes, they had to fix the rear door a few times. We had an issue with the heat pump, a valve and the heat pump.
2: Yeah, it stopped, the, the heat stopped working in the car when you were trying to get across Loveland Pass in the winter.
3: Yeah, like four degrees, it was yeah, not a was great not time great. for it to fail. Yeah, yeah, ice was building up and it was crazy. Uh, but I mean, it, it does feel like you're driving the future. So the key is interesting, the key is all on your phone. They do give you a backup little like credit card thing. Yeah, that you can use. But for the most part, you just pair your Bluetooth and it's super seamless. I've never had it fail and the app is incredible. You can schedule service. You can unlock, lock. It works immediately every time. So I would say
2: that out of all those things that we talked about, right, the the dealer network, uh, the way that you charge it, the way that you buy it, uh, the way that it updates itself, all of that, I think, is the industry standard going forward and Tesla has it. The only one that Tesla doesn't have, I think, is the build quality. I think I would say that uh, both, actually all three of them, the ID four, the Mach-E, uh, and the Polestar 2 are built better than a Tesla. They just feel better screwed together. I also think the range
3: is potentially a little bit optimistic.
2: This is a whole conversation we should have another <laughs> podcast, but you're exactly right. I mean, I think well, here's what we figured out. Volvo seems to be overestimating their range. I mean, well, I say Volvo, it's Polestar, right? So Polestar is a spin-off of Volvo. I think Pol-
3: underestimating.
2: No, over. I think that those are over. So the range is actually less than than they claim. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I think Volvo is overestimating. I think Mustang and the Mach-E is underestimating okay. or sandbagging it. I think Tesla is overestimating. Uh-huh. And I don't know about the ID. Four.
3: Yeah, we know. had it for such a short period. That might, you know, with
2: the way the Germans are, that might be just right on what, what they say they are. Uh, but in general, Tesla does set the bar, whether you love them or hate them. Uh, and speaking of that, tell me we've owned ours now for, what, almost eight, nine
3: months. Um, what do you love and hate about it? Well, I love the infotainment system. Infotainment system works great. I love the phone app. I think the phone app is great. I love the minimalist interior with the glass roof. Gotta love the performance. Yeah, that's my favorite part.
2: I mean, you you can pull up next to any... Uh, sports car, I mean almost any sports car,
3: and you will blow its doors off in a uh, crossover, which is crazy. You the, will. The Supercharger network is just the best, yep. but it's better than any other third party. And I think it's got a lot of room in it, so I think the front is very big and usable. Fold the seats down, tons of space, huge cubbies underneath the floor in the rear, which are super usable. My dislikes are um, like the build quality, I don't think the build quality is quite up to par, although the service Experience has been great. It's been great. They've done a good job in fixing everything. And yep. they've done it in a timely manner. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, I hate how they're all the same. Yes. Every monoway I see is like one of five colors and one of two trims. And yeah. I just feel like I see myself driving the other way all the it's, time. It's very communist. It Well... I mean, it's not a Trabant, Dad, it's... Or, or,
2: or should I say very early forward, you can have your Model T
3: in any color as long as it's black. Yes, I, I think that's a fair fair way of putting it. And um, I don't like all the piano black kind of plastics. Yeah, that's kind of
2: passe now. For a while, though, that was like red hot in the industry, and now it's too much. It leaves fingerprints everywhere.
3: Yes, I, I think that's right. And the, my last complaint is, like, the range. I just, whatever it says, I subtract about 50 miles if it says 200 miles of range remaining, I'm I, like, eh. I
2: disagree with that, but uh, that's certainly your your opinion. Uh, you know, we do live in a cold and very hilly place,
3: which does affect range. True that. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they they knocked it out of the park with the Model Y. So, so
2: so here's the thing, Tommy. I think that there is room for the traditional manufacturers, dare I say, legacy manufacturers, uh, to <laughs> dare you say, dare I say, it, to compete with Tesla uh because i think there's a lot of people who have now had teslas and are getting a little bored of them i think there's a there's you know a marketplace of relatively wealthy people who would be open to like you know a porsche that wasn't $170,000, right that's the problem with the tycon but if somebody could come along and actually make an affordable tesla um killer or you know take it to the next level i think that they'd do very well so the question is has uh either Volkswagen, uh, Polestar, slash Volvo, or Ford done that. So let's start with the Polestar because we spent the least amount of time in that.
3: Well, Polestar is also doing something kind of funky with their dealer slash store network. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah, so what we think, and Polestar, I, I, I think, will not admit this, but what we think happened, so Polestar started out as kind of, think about the way AMG used to be a performance Uh, variant of Mercedes, and the Mercedes bought them, brought them in-house, right? They were like a race team, and they made them in-house. They built performance, and then they became like its own separate kind of sub-brand under Mercedes. And that's the same thing with Polestar. Polestar was like a racing team that Volvo bought, brought them in-house, and then they spun off uh, as its own separate electric brand, which is weird because the Polestar 1 is a hybrid, so maybe it's kind of electric. Uh, the other thing I think uh, that they did it for is because in America you get those tax credits, significant tax credits, $7,500 federal tax credit.
3: Which Tesla has lost. There's which, no yeah, more. After,
2: I think, what, 200,000 units or something. Yeah, then that goes away. Right, mm-hmm. and if, if, you, if you built it under the Volvo name, you couldn't take advantage of that. But if you created a whole new... Sub-brand that is a brand then you could take advantage of that and they are Um, so we had the car for a very short amount of time
3: Um, uh, You know I still don't I still don't understand and i've been explained it many times and my iq was just too low But it's very confusing because they don't have any dealers. Yes, and it's not a volvo like it is expressly, it does not say Volvo on it. The, the, re, the recharge, the XC40 recharge. That is a Volvo. That's built on the same chassis. Underneath it's the same, right. but the Polestar is like, they're very adamant, this is not a Volvo. But it feels very Volvo-like. It does feel very Volvo-like. And you know the, 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 the head designer of Volvo is the
2: CEO of Polestar. And where do you get it serviced? at a Volvo dealership. Yeah, I mean it's... So 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 it's crazy, the way you buy it is, uh, you actually go online, you set up a test drive, and if you live in like big metropolitan cities, you might have a pop-up store. Okay. Or if you don't, then they will bring it to you for a half hour test drive. Yes, which is what we did. Which is what we did. Uh, And then you get to uh, test drive it and then you buy it, but uh, it's still being sold through the, the Volvo dealer franchise network. It's not being sold through the company. Like the Teslas,
3: so. I don't really. Okay, anyway, if you can buy one, let's talk about what they're like. If you can like, buy one, yeah. yeah.
2: So, so if you can buy one, you know, look, like they're very Volvo-like. You know, I mean, it, it's it's you know, the the the, the thing has very environmentally uh, conscious interiors, right? Vegan, vegan. You can get vegan one that's interior, leather-free. Yeah. Uh, the colors are very, it's very minimalist, it's very Swedish. Uh, it's operating system is based on Android, uh, which is a good thing, I think. It's,
3: it's very slick, yeah, the IP B- is... Oh, by neat. the way, the IP and the Tesla is still the best. Yes, I agree. I think... I think That's its own thing too. If I could spend a couple days with the Polestar, I might change my mind, but initial impression was that the Tesla was a little better. So the big thing I... I don't really understand what this Polestar is, because you look at it at first, and you're like, well, it's a car, it's a sedan. But I was talking to Alex Dykes from Alex and & Autos, and he said, well, the Polestar actually has more ground clearance than my Mustang Mach-E, which is an SUV. It's got a fastback, right? It's got a It's like a back. back. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it, it, lift back. it's not a trunk. Like, the whole thing goes whoop, it yeah, so it's all like a liftback. Like back. Yeah, I just, I, they need to figure out, is, is it an SUV? Is, is it a car? Is it a hatchback? Is it a It is a, very comfortable. crossover? The seats are very good. Yeah, so it's very comfortable. Uh,
2: you know, it, it's like if you took Volvo to the next generation, that's what it feels like, right? It feels like if you wanted to kind of go one step beyond what Volvo is, this is what it would look like. Uh, the controls are relatively intuitive. Uh, It's got some pretty funky stuff in it. The funkiest is it's got a glass roof like the Tesla But they actually take a little light and they shine the little pole star Which by the way is not a strip club even though a lot of people think about that It is the (laughs) North Star so they shine a little star Onto like the glass roof right in front of the driver there where kind of above the rearview mirror, which is kind of funky uh, And then of course, um, you know, it does most of the electric car things which I like so it does one car dri- one 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 foot driving, it's really an accelerator pedal. One pedal driving. Right. It's, yeah. It's, I guess it's an accelerator not a gas pedal, right? So you can, you know, drive it that way without ever touching the brakes. Uh, it is relatively quick you know do you have the 060 on it? I do, I think
3: it's 4.8, yeah, uh, 4.7, um, so two electric motors, just like the, the Teslas, one on the front, one on the rear axle. They're saying the total power output is 408 horsepower, the torque is 487 foot-pounds, and the range is 233 miles with a 78 kilowatt-hour battery.
2: But there are some problems. Uh, and these are pretty significant problems. The, the, let's just start with the, the marquee problem. It's expensive, Tommy.
3: Yeah. So starting is uh, fifty nine nine. Sixty thousand. There's also confusingly enough, there's a performance model which doesn't give you any additional performance. It gives you like Ohlins oh, shocks oh, yeah, and Brembo brakes. Bre- but for most people, they're not going to feel that driving around every day. I, I thought it was. Decently quick and decently sporty. We didn't have the old right. ones. It was just a normal one But it was nothing that you would be like wow, this is this is incredible It was it was good for a gas car very good for a gas car But in terms of coming out of a, any Tesla even like a dual range dual motor model 3 standard deal uh, It's not gonna feel
2: that crazy, and, you know We could get into like which of these has the best most responsive steering which has the best most responsive brakes But you know, they're all crossovers and so, you know, we don't judge them as that the, the most um uh, obvious thing you can judge them on is how quick they are, and the Tesla is by far the quickest. If you're looking for a sporty car with, you know, nimble ride and precision-like steering, none of these are going to do it for you.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, they're more like, especially especially the Polestar of the Tesla. Um, I've been listening to a lot of EV podcasts that say they're not luxury vehicles, especially the Tesla. Like, the yeah. Tesla's not a luxury. I consider it a luxury vehicle. I think it's got the amenities and the quality. Well, I mean, not the quality. The amenities and the materials. Maybe, maybe the design. The design of a luxury car, yeah. yeah. And I certainly think that the Polestar falls into that same luxurious, like, BMW, Mercedes category. So, so I
2: said there were two big problems. The first one, of course, is it's expensive. Uh, and the second one is the back seat. The back seat is pretty useless. Yeah, it's pretty tiny back there. Uh, uh, you know, once again, if you're going to have a crossover, and you know you're going to have uh, customers who are buying it because they want to put their stuff and their family and their friends in it, make the back seat usable. And in the Polestar, I'm six two, and I'm granted a little bit taller than most, but I would not be comfortable back there for anything but like a short trip over lunch.
3: I completely agree. Yeah, it's not really that no acceptable. Leg room, no legroom, head no headroom. No, I was mm. not. I was not impressed with it in terms of the back seat room. Um, I think the build quality was very good. It felt very well screwed together. Cabin noise in the quick test drive we had was good. The Google IP system was awesome. I think it's got that ass Google thing too. Yep. Um, the instrument cluster was fully digital. That looked nice. The, all, the whole car though felt pretty cramped. I mean, the Tesla feels very airy. The Polestar feels like you're putting on a coat, right? The Tesla's like you're, you're walking into a stadium the the, vol- no, not Volvo. the pole star is like you're putting on a big jacket. Yeah, and now there's another metric that we're not talking about and there's a specific reason we're
2: not talking about it and that is of course charge rates. Or in other words, how big is the hole that you can pour electricity into the car? <laughs> uh, and each of these vehicles will have a different charge rate uh, but there are two things when it comes to charge rate, and if you're an electric car guy or gal, you'll understand these, right? First, it's how much, how much power you can shove in the hole and how fast you can do it, and then for how long you can sustain that, right? Because uh, let's say you've got a maximum of 150 um, kilowatts. kilowatts that you can put in, which is, you know, a big number. Some of the Teslas go up higher than that now, but 150 kilowatts uh, that you can put in. How long will the vehicle sustain that? And, you know, because, look, you can get most of your charge in the first 80 percent of the battery and after that 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 chart severely goes downhill but even with most electric cars you'll be at 150 at the start of that charge if the car is almost empty and then quickly that that graph goes down and so you're putting in less electricity or less power the longer you're charging it now that's how it all is supposed to work but we've owned electric cars now and we've had a bunch of them right we've had the model three the model x the model y uh the um, i3 i3 the smart ev um and what we have found is that this is a very complicated process because there's a handshake that has to happen between the car and the charger and each charger is different uh, and the state of the battery is is comes into play you know how warm is it is it conditioned and most of the time These numbers are marquee numbers, once again, that the manufacturer says, but that in the real world are meaningless. Uh, Realistically- It it never happens. I've never, even in
3: Tesla's, I've very rarely seen the the max numbers going in. Realistically, the the whole charging not at home thing- Is a pain in the ass. And it's not not something that I think most people are ever gonna do. I, I mean, I'm just going to make a bunch of big assumptions and I think they're fairly educated assumptions. I think most people currently in 2021 buying an electric car have a house and a place to charge it at home. Or an apartment, or you know, a and if you don't, level I'm just, two charger. I'm just gonna say, if you don't have access to a place to charge it at home, just, I would skip the electric thing for now. It's just, it's not, it's not worth okay, the effort. If, if
2: We have a level two charger, right, which is like your dryer.
3: Yeah, it's great. So what we do, we have one at home, we have one at the office on every EV. We plug it in, when we go to sleep, we wake up with the full quote unquote tank, and you're ready to go. Yep. I mean, and that's just how you live. So the whole like, oh, the peak charging rate's 250. I don't think many people are currently road tripping these cars. I don't think many people are going to be using the public level three chargers on the regular basis. Just plug it in at home. If you can't plug it in at home, if you live in an apartment, which I understand a lot of people do, the EVs, I'm just gonna be brutally honest with you, they're not ready for your lifestyle.
2: Yeah, and let's face it, if you have like 250 miles of range and you can get a full charge overnight, that's plenty. You will not go through 250 miles in a day. Day, even 200 let, let, let alone in a week right yeah yeah cuz you know so that's fine uh, and uh, like Tommy says if if you're relying on you know the free charger down the street or the electrify America station you're gonna spend a lot of time figuring out where to Ugh. juice up your car and you're gonna have a lot of frustrations because you know you know it's, it's, it's beyond the stuff that happens like you know like trucks parking in EV spaces or or EV's being broken or EV's not accepting your credit card EV chargers not accepting your credit cards, or EV's being blocked by something else, is just all too common. And you're right. It's it's if you can't do it at home safely, if you don't have a place where you can do it then it, it becomes like the thing that rules your day.
3: And I think the EV people, like the hardcore EV people listening to our podcast are going to call us whiners at this point saying, oh, it's not that hard. But for the average person who's been filling up their car with fossil fuels for the last 30 years, I just don't think they're going to put up with it, especially not at $59,000. There's a gas 000. station
2: at every other corner. Yeah, and currently. it takes
3: exactly two and a half minutes to fill up a car. That's going to change. I think it will change. But even, even the best system, like if I had a Model Y and I couldn't plug in it at home, I just I wouldn't want to have to deal with waiting at superchargers, and then the one at Trader Joe's is full because it's always full, and then I have to go to a desk. It's just it's a it's a pickle. So if you if a huge proponent of EV, if you if you have a place to plug it in while you're sleeping, buy one immediately. They're totally worth it. Otherwise, and look look elsewhere. More power to you. If you know you want to
2: help save the earth, I am I am in your ballpark. I'm eternally grateful. And if you've got the energy and the time. And the convenience to you know to put up with that for for the sake of environmental uh, reasons, I, I I applaud you. I'm very grateful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, for a lot of people, I think unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, that's not the, the trade off they're willing to make. And the other thing that I think is uh, hugely important, and this is a very big difference between the United States and Europe, and maybe even China, is just the way that you know our country is structured here in America, right? So in America. Especially if you're not in one of the big cities, there are huge distances between cities, uh, and it, you know electric cars just don't work very well when there's a whole bunch of nothing in between chargers. Whereas if you go to Europe, where electric car adoption, especially in places like the Swedish countries or the Nor- Nor- Norway, Sweden, you know uh, the Nordic countries, it's it's off the off the scale in Germany as well. But that's because you've got you know I spent a lot of time in Europe. I was born there. I lived there for a long time. You've got like a lot of infrastructure everywhere because there's a lot of urban everywhere. Yeah, that's a good there, point. There are no chargers in the middle of Kansas. There are no chargers in the middle of Nebraska. There aren't, except for maybe you know a couple superchargers built out by Tesla along the highway. But you get off the beaten path, there's no way you're gonna you know charge up your car. It just doesn't exist right now.
3: Hmm. Yeah, it, it's a very good point you're making. Well, let's let's get back to talking about cars. Okay. They, I mean, All right. So let's go to the next one. Yeah. So the Mustang Mach E. I'll save that for the end. Um, okay. I gotta hang on. I gotta pull up a different. Oh, you want to do it now? Let's do it now. You got pull it pulled up. Yeah. All
2: right. Let's talk about the, I, I think I was gonna say it to the end because I think that's the best of the bunch that competes with the Tesla out of the ones And we had it for a week. Uh, I was really impressed, Tommy. It's, it's a, you know, I'll give you the good. Um, um it's, it's, it, 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 I think they're sandbagging the range. So I think it's got more range than, than they're saying that it has. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's also quick. We, it's quick we don't have the all uh the gt yet that's coming later i
3: think it's pretty good value for the yeah. most part if you get the right one it starts at 42895 but ford still applies for the full tax credit yeah so if and the tax credits it's makes look it up if you want to know but it's based on you know your income and, and right. your tax situation so like me i wouldn't apply for the 7500 because my tax liability isn't that high um but if you do apply for for it, then yeah, it, I mean, it take forty three grand and just snap off seventy five hundred plus two and a half theory. in Colorado,
2: so nine thousand. Yeah,
3: you're in Colorado. That's it's a pretty big deal. And, and you get you know, like in
2: California, you get the drive in the HOV lanes. That's a huge deal for people in California. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's the best of the bunch. Uh, I think they, you know, they, look here. Here's kind of my take. The, the 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 Mach-E is for its take on a Tesla. Okay. You, 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 you nonsense. We were going to hate to hear this, but it's true. Uh, the ID4 is a German take on a Tesla. Okay. Uh, and the Polestar 2 is a Swedish take on a Tesla. In other words, these are all kind of Tesla copies, right? Hmm. None of them have pushed the bar any further than Tesla has done, which means that they're, you know, they, they, uh, some of them do like over the air updates. Ford is doing over the air updates right now. I think they all do now.
3: I think Polestar, Ford, and VW are all doing over-the-air updates now.
2: Right, but not not the same to the same significant amount that Tesla does. I, I don't think that the Ford will actually get quicker. We'll it see. We'll it would see. be cool if it did. Anyway, it cool uh, it did. style-wise, I think the Ford is a little ungainly. You know, I mean, I wish they hadn't called it a Mustang. I think that set the bar in the wrong direction. If they wanted to make an electric Mustang, they should have. I still think they should. Uh, but it's kind of too tall and narrow. Am I, I? I'd rather see it, you know, a little bit wider and and lower but it is a it is a true crossover and so you do have a good seating position the interior is really
3: nice actually I'm i going, love the interior i'm going to have a a different opinion i think that of the group we're talking about today the mustang is the best looking i agree uh, i, mean, I uh, think it's the best looking i think it's better than the tesla and the polestar yeah. and but the. I still, it's not great no it's not great i agree it still is a little so, there's a thing in the industry called compliance cars, which right. are like 10 years ago, California, it's a long story, but car basically foreseen the creation of these converted gasoline cars. California. Yeah, California. And um, uh, Ford had one called the Focus. Yep. And then apparently they were in development of another one after Focus the Focus, ED, yeah. which was, yeah, full ground up EV. And then they scrapped it allegedly and they created the Machi, which is supposed to have soul and character. And I think it's better than pretty much every other crossover on the market, but the tires are still too thin. It doesn't kind of have that cool command position um, of like a sports car. And it's just, I agree, it isn't a Mustang. It doesn't make you feel like no. you're driving a Mustang. It's just, it's a totally different experience. If they had just called it Mach-E, there would have been no issue with, with any of this. I mean, it's that Mustang that all the, the, the enthusiasts are all hung up on, including myself. I have a hard time seeing past that.
2: And, I, and here's the crazy part. This makes no sense, but it is true. Um, unlike... The Volkswagen ID4, which actually created the Electrify America charging network because of the Volkswagen diesel gate scandal, you can actually, with the Mach E, have a pass to use that network without actually having to use a credit card. So, yeah. So you, it's crazy. So Ford is actually accessing Volkswagen's network in a much more efficient and effective way than the Volkswagen itself is, which I don't understand. That's that's beyond belief for me.
3: And what we mean by that is it's something called plug and charge. Yeah. So like Tesla, you just get, get out, plug it in, and it bills your account remotely. Ford is doing that in partnership with Electrify America now as well, where it bills your account. Uh, just plug it on in and you're ready to but, go.
2: But Volkswagen, who created that network, isn't doing it.
3: Yes, that's, is, that's a bizarre thing.
2: Yeah, don't, don't, don't know why that is. Uh, The other great thing about the Ford is it's got the latest version of
3: Sync. I think it's Sync 5, right? We're up to Sync 5 now? So this is, I think, definitely where the Tesla influence comes in. I mean, it's just like the Model Y. You primarily have one screen in the middle that has every control. There's hardly any hard buttons. There's a volume knob unlike the Model Y, which is a good thing. Which is cool. It's built into the screen, actually. But navigation, climate control, radio, it's all in this one central area.
2: And they did did take the iPad and they did turn it the other way from a Tesla. So with (laughs) a Tesla, it's horizontal with the Maki is vertical.
3: There you go. Great point. Yeah, I think the build quality on the interior is better. Yeah. Um, I, I mean everything just feels much much screwed together, much better assembled is and, what I mean.
2: And like and like the Polestar and uh, like the Tesla, there is a small frunk. I think a Tesla has the biggest frunk, but this one has, a, you know. It's a it's, pretty
3: good size. It's a pretty good size. It's and a pretty actually,
2: pretty good size. Uh, they, they did some thoughtful things. They put a little plug in it so you can fill it up with ice, you know, and put all your, yeah. your drinks in it. Like, you know, after going tailgating, or you could you put your dirty clothes
3: in it or dirty shoes and then hose it off. So it's pretty cool. I I completely agree. And the other thing I love about it is, unlike the Tesla, where everything is on the central screen, there is one additional little baby screen. Which gives you like a speed limit. Yeah, and that's pretty much all it does. It's like this is your speed limit, this is how fast you're going. Uh, and that's great. It has three different drive modes, which I think are pretty silly. They don't feel all that different.
2: (laughs) The names are hilarious. There's,
3: uh, I don't remember,
2: I just remember the one. There's
3: unbridled, which is a a
2: fast one. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a Mustang, unbridled.
3: And it turns everything brown for some reason. Maybe it's, they were like, you know how when you, you know, when you put like a, uh, like a GTI in a sport mode, everything goes red. And it's pretty quick. I want to say it's under five, but it's not like, it's not tunnel vision quick like the Tesla. No. And I, uh, the seats are the best seats, I think. Think I've felt in the industry, yeah. Um, but I will say it isn't. It does not feel like a Mustang in the twisties. It feels very heavy. Now the the Tesla's can, a really you can feel the weight of the batteries. Yeah, the Tesla's a really fast steering rack, yeah. so it just like darts right. in and out. The Ford is very refined, but it, it. I mean, you feel the weight. It's it's a it's a chunker. It does have a you know a pretty good
2: sized backseat. Good sized back Not seat. as comfortable as a Tesla, I think. I think the Tesla's still bigger. Uh, but the Ford does have a good sized back seat so you don't feel like you're in a penalty box and the, you know, in the back area behind the seat is actually pretty generous as well.
3: And while I'm on the Ford website here, let's talk about the different trims and configurations because I think this is the most kind of customizable of them when it comes to how you want to order it. So at the base entry level, you've got rear-wheel drive and a small battery, which is rated at 230 miles of range. Uh, and then you can get the small battery and all-wheel drive, Or if you want, you can step up to the big battery and then there's all wheel drive on the big battery as well. So tons of different options. The one we had was a small battery with all wheel drive. And the EPA rated range was 205 or something. we got more. Um, But uh, yeah, I felt like it was a true 205 even in the winter time. I mean, it was was pretty impressive. I didn't feel range anxiety, I felt it once. Uh and we you know we had the had a slight kind of a snafu charging it and whatever. Um Yeah, you know, let's talk about that actually. Um so here's the thing, right? Uh we were unable
2: to so we have a level two charger at home uh that is a juice box. Yeah. Which just plugs into an outlet that it you know you can plug your dryer into basically, right? And, yeah, we use it to charge everything. I mean
3: yeah. we i3 is a Tesla that works across the board. So the the easiest way to charge
2: the Mach E would be just to plug it into the Mach E because it's the same
3: yeah, I mean it's a J seventy seventy two yeah. plug. It's what you see on every every. Yeah, and, and the Maki
2: would not would not drink from our juice. It would not.
3: Uh, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. It would it would charge on a one ten outlet, yeah. but it wouldn't charge at home on our. And then
2: so then we're like, well, maybe it's something with the juice box. Let's take that out of the equation. So then we took the charger that came with the car, which is also a 240 volt, right? They give you both. They, they give, give you a 120 yeah. and a 240. And we plugged it into the outlet, which is now just there's no juice box in between. Uh-huh. Plugged it into the uh Mach-E. no luck, yeah, charge. It, it was a crazy Ford's thing. charger. And this is the, this is not like like we don't have like low octane electricity or anything, right? It was yeah. just
3: for it some reason,
2: it. it was not accepting it. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what the heck was going on there, but if I had bought that car and I had spent the $500 to build out that plug in my garage so I could charge level two and, and I couldn't charge, I'd be pretty pissed off.
3: Well, yeah, I, I honestly-
2: and, and, and nor, nor, do I wanna, nor would I want to think like, I need to figure this out, this is a Ford issue.
3: I think that our car was pretty early production. Uh, that could be one of the reasons. we also had a lot of glitches. So I had a lot of Apple CarPlay issues with that car. Yeah, the the screen did
2: glitch a lot. It
3: was slow. It was pretty unresponsive. I mean, if that was representative, and I have to assume it is because they sent it to us of a normal car, I'd be a little disappointed in the actual implementation of the sync. Is it four or five?
2: Five, I think it's Sync Five. The latest Sync. I mean,
3: it just like it was glitchy. It was unresponsive. It it wasn't just. It wasn't as bad as the ID Four, but it wasn't. It just wasn't quite as snappy as like you'd expect in an F One Fifty. It was half baked. It was not the car. The i
2: the infotainment under baked. I don't think it's quite half okay, baked. I'm gonna say the ID4 was half baked than the. Yes. Yeah, then yeah. The ID4 like, was
3: half baked. We'll talk about it in a second. Mach E was a little underbaked. And I had issues with fast charging it too. I mean, getting it to make the handshake uh, happened to me. That was an issue once. And I couldn't get the thing to charge quickly. It was always charging at like 50 kilowatts. Once again, we were talking about this earlier, even though it's rated at 125 or something, 115. Um, like 50 kilowatts at 38%. It was kind of coldish outside, but not that cold. The charging thing is just a real frustration for me at Level 3. It just, it needs to be better, and people, especially as more folks end up with these EVs, they're not going to put up with it. Here's my bottom line on that car, right? So when it, when we first got it, I was super
2: excited. We did the Loveland trials with it against Tesla, we ran it up the mountain, uh, and I was kind of lusting after it. But you know, by the time it was time for it to go, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I could see it going. I wasn't like that s- sad about it. And the reason is it just wasn't quick enough, right? It didn't have the magic that most EVs have, right? What 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 that Model Y gives me is a sense that, you know, when I floor it, it changes my world. Uh, and I love that, Tommy. I mean, you know, um, maybe I'm too much of a, like an old school sports car guy, but I love the fact that I've got this car that is as quick as anything on the road. Not that I'm racing stuff on the road, just knowing that I have it is cool. And it makes for just, you know, like you feel like you're driving the car of the future with the Maki, you felt like you were driving, you know, Ford's version of that. I guess I'm waiting for the GT to come out, right? The one that is going to be as quick as a Tesla. You Maybe just, that one will do it for you me. You
3: just can't compare them.
2: Right. Because ours was It's a lot more expensive.
3: 5.2 to 60, 266 horsepower tester. Yeah. I will say the other issue with the Maki is you look at the low price and you're like, look at the starting price. Excuse me, you think, "Oh, that's pretty reasonable." But once you start adding on options and getting the all-wheel drive, it gets expensive quickly. I think ours was like high 40s. Uh, maybe even low 50s and most of them i've seen online are like mid 50s with the extended range all-wheel drive and that's i mean that's an expensive it's an expensive mustang is is the way i'd put it all right well shall we move on to the car that's behind
2: me uh the last car that we just had uh which is the volkswagen id4 now i I said something about it that that you might find uh a, a bit interesting and i said it was kind of half baked uh and i'll tell you why tommy um I'm not the only one out there saying this right Uh, the car uh, is a very good electric car. It is certainly a very German car So if you like that sense of German solidity the way that the german car drives down the road like you feel like it can go on the autobahn and easily do 150 miles an hour well this one 250 but let's say 120 miles an hour Um, it has all that but it doesn't have a front and i'm like I, I, i never understood that in like the leaf why does it not have a front right there should be nothing in the front except more storage it just feels like the engineers um weren't um Weren't, weren't, you know, given enough time to completely bake the thing
3: and make it as much of an electric car as possible. So, okay, I can picture Volkswagen's response in yeah. my head right now. Yeah. Volkswagen will tell you that they're not targeting the Tesla buyer they're targeting someone who owns a RAV4 or CRV, uh, someone who's coming out of a gas car. I disagree. And they'll tell you that someone in a CRV will never pop that hood in their entirety of their ownership. They buy it new, they bring it to the dealer, they never look under there. So why would they do the same with the 84?
2: Yeah, I I think that people are going to... The the reason we're doing this podcast slash video is people are going to cross shop all four of these, especially as electric cars become more dominant. Uh, And they will think to themselves, you know, I've got all the space in my... Uh, Tesla or Mach-E or even the uh, Polestar why is there no space in in here? You know, it feels like look look. It's also a heavy car Engineers will tell you that the hardest thing to do uh, out of a car is to take weight out of it, right? That's the last It's the it's the it's the most important thing when it comes to vehicles driving dynamics And it's the last like 1% that's the hardest to do Uh, and this is a heavy car as well as the Mach-E
3: These are all heavy cars Yeah, I agree. I mean, and you feel the weight. I I do agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think it needs a front trunk because if you look at like the early EVs, like 500E, right? Yeah. Um, What what were some other ones that were like the compliance cars? All of them, the smart car, right? They didn't have front trunks. The Soul. Yes, that's a good one. They didn't have front trunks because they were just gas cars with some electric bobs thrown in. And they were shoving batteries in crevices and places to make them work. This is a ground-up EV, right? It's got the, it's got the, the new architecture with Which the battery in the floor. Right. It, it should have a front trunk. I, I, I hopped in this car the first day. We did the review against the model, the model Y, and I was stoked about it. By day three, I was, I hate to say it, remarkably underwhelmed by the four. Yeah, there, there, the there are
2: some things in there that absolutely make no sense. For instance, uh, they got rid of the rear switches for the rear windows, so you have to toggle between the rear and the front. It's like Volkswagen ran out of switches, you know. It's a huge pain in the butt, right, because you never know which one you're toggled to. Uh, The infotainment was glitchy and slow. I mean, it was, it was... And we keep talking
3: about infotainment, but electric cars are about that, right? Well, nowadays, you have to use the infotainment for everything, and I thought it was so frustrating. I mean, the amount of time it would take to load between screens, these touch-sensitive, like, haptic buttons that you use as these shortcuts, they didn't work. I mean, Cadillac tried it on the Q system, like 10 years ago. That was, panned is one of the worst systems in history. The ID4 isn't that bad. Like they, I shouldn't say they didn't work. They do work, but you really gotta focus on pushing them. And they're unresponsive when they're cold. So, so here's
2: the thing about electric cars, right? They're like, oh. Being, like, being
3: attacked by the doggy. Why is attacking you? So
2: let me take it over for a second. Here's the thing about electric cars. This is where it's going, right? This is called an iPhone, right? Yep. What is the last thing that you use this for? <laughs> The phone. The phone, right? It's all about everything else this thing does, right? Yeah. Be it, you know, navigation using Google Maps, be it uh, email or texting or, I don't know, TikToking or whatever you use it for, right? Uh, Instagram, the phone is the last thing. And that's what's happening with electric cars. Actually driving the thing around, is kind of the last thing you're going to end up using it for. It's all the other things that the car does. Well, though. that's confusing. I mean, it's still a car. I know, but but it's but that's true because everything feeds into this. So if, I'll give you an example of that so I, I don't confuse you, right? Okay. Like in a Tesla, once again, I'm going to Tesla. Sorry, it's true. When you plan a road trip, right, it will actually... Uh, Do it in a smart it will do it in a much smarter way than you can like with a traditional car You would drive as far as you can run out of gas fill it up drive as far as you can for the most part run out of gas Fill it up right a Tesla will will plan Small quick stops where you basically top off at their supercharger network so that you spend the least amount of time possible uh, Charging and the most amount of time getting to where you're trying to get to right? Yeah with the ID 4 if you try to plan a trip using their trip planner it will take you to level one chargers, Tommy. Seriously, level one or maybe level two chargers and completely ignore the Electrify America and chargers. And be like, stay and here for nine, nine hours. hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know,
3: That's like having an iPhone where you know, your Instagram app, if you're into that, doesn't allow the camera to work. I also don't think it's, to be honest with you, I'm not sure it's that good of an electric car. Because uh, when you t- look at like the efficiency, it's got something like a 77, 78 kilowatt hour battery. Oh, sorry, 82, po- 82 kilowatt hours gross. Which is big. Which is big. Um, I don't know quite what the usable is. But in rear wheel drive, I think it's rated at 250 miles on a single charge, which isn't very good for the, the that size of the battery and... Uh, The size of the car like I would expect that to be a higher EPA rating Uh, and the other thing too is in rear-wheel drive Which is what they're currently selling it isn't that fun to drive. I just I hate to say it 201 horsepower It's not that quick. It does kind of as instant electric um, Torque, but it kind of builds into it and it feels heavy. I just ha man I was so jazzed about it the first day because you kind of go Yeah, Blaze is now saying hi to my dad. <laughs> hi, Blaze. You kind of get enthralled by like the play and the pause buttons on the pedals and the cool white interior. Aww. Now he's giving him kisses. Aww. But in reality, yeah, I just ID4. I was pretty underwhelmed. In. Plus, it has stuff like why didn't they include a level two dongle for the charger, like the like the Tesla and the Ford? I mean, it's just a level one dongle. The good things, I think, the interior quality was very good. I like the white steering wheel on the first edition. I like the little screen in front of the steering wheel. Yeah, it's affordable. Uh, Well, not really. Well, compared to... I don't really think it is. The one we had was like... Well, ours was... So we had the uh, launch edition, right? Which is the most expensive one with all the bells and whistles. It was... The white steering wheel, which is going to get really dirty, by the way. Mid to high 40s. Yeah. And even if you do qualify for the credit... I just don't see the value there. I, I really struggle to see why you'd buy this over a Mach E. Hey, hey, he's getting a little too excited, Tommy. I think I think it's probably time to uh, wrap
2: up this uh, 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 podcast and uh, take him to the park. Take him to the doggy park. Yeah, go for walkies. That's right, go for walkies. So you know, I, I like. Let's, uh, let me let me give you my two cents on it. I like the styling. I actually think it's a good-looking car. Yeah, I agree. I like the interior. I think they did a very nice minimalist job. It's nice That's interior. very clean. Yep. It's very modern looking. Beautiful
3: interior. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but once again i think uh there is some development room there it's very heavy uh like i said the the use of the battery seems to be not as efficient as some of the other cars uh and um and the infotainment is yeah once again you you, you'd think you'd think that here's here's the thing right car companies are really good at building cars uh, I'm not sure they're that great at actually writing software, uh, and, and electric cars really are about software in a lot of ways more than just writing code.
3: I'm gonna just I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, let's give them. Wait the benefit a of the... couple of software updates, maybe it'll get better.
2: Yeah, uh, and and I got a bad feeling because right, Tesla has all the buzz right now. I got a bad feeling that all of these cars except for the Tesla are gonna depreciate very quickly. Teslas don't uh, depreciate. Yeah. I think people think to themselves, why should I buy, you know. Yesterday's tech when I could buy today's tech, right? Which is really what you're getting when you buy an electric car. Well,
3: it's, Kim Kardashian has a Tesla, I bet.
2: Yeah. That, that always makes the... Uh,
3: the that, everyone my age, like like the millennials who don't care about driving, yeah. Tesla's like the hottest thing. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason they, they hold their value so well.
2: So, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see dual markets happening, uh, differences in China and Europe in here. I think there's going to be a lot more adoption. Uh, in Europe, I think people are going to jump on that bandwagon much quicker, and that's because I think it's easier uh, there. Uh, they also have a lot more choice right now. We, you know, we're talking about the four major new cars that kind of compete, but there are more coming, right? Yep. Uh, you know, it would be been nice if GM had invited us to go drive the uh, Bolt. The Bolt. Uh, I'm talking to you, GM. If you want to be part of these, this conversation, uh, then you got to, you know, you got to let us drive the thing. Uh, and there are a lot more coming. It's not just this, right? Uh, and, of course, there are electric trucks coming, which we've been saying now for two years, so I'm starting to doubt myself on that. Uh, we'll see how they do in comparison. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I, look, my bottom line, Tommy, is right now somebody could do really well if they could build and design an electric car that would truly be the people's car. Yep. I'm talking about a car that's maybe 25000 yeah, that goes 200 miles. That goes at least
3: 200 miles. That's what that's what the Bolt is trying to be. I mean, that's like, the Bolt what, 20s Bolt is
2: like $36,000, $38,000 at a dealer. I think the new
3: one starts at twenty-six dollars or something. Doesn't it? I think it's pretty affordable.
2: The new one, but, the, but basically the new one, they didn't update it. They just changed the styling around a little bit. And, well, and the other problem with the Bolt, Tommy, I mean, is it's too small. The Bolt is
3: like a compact car. Uh, No, it starts at uh, EVs, uh, looks like 30s. Yeah, it, need, it needs. To start. Thirty-two. It needs to start at
2: 25, and it needs to be a full-size. It can't be a compact boat car. All right,
3: I think he's got to poop. Okay, all right, let's go take him. Let's go get him pooping. We'll get you outside. Yep. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> We've got dog issues. <laughs> we're having we're having a catastrophe here. So we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. All right, ladies, let's go. Let's go. We'll go. Come on, let's go outside. You want to go poop?
2: Let's you go poop. Go Come on, let's go. All
3: right, let's we'll take you to the park. All right, bye. Bye, guys.